Well, welcome back, friend, to the Sum It Up podcast. I'm your host, Blake Reed Evans, and today's conversation is going to be focused on how we can get clear, how we can be better coaches, how we can just show up stronger in our lives. And we get to have this conversation with the one and the only Stephanie Russell. Now, Stephanie is coming in to us from Newfoundland, Canada. Um, so we're officially an international podcast. It's very exciting. Um, Stephanie is a stylist, a clarity coach, a Redken artist, and has an incredible podcast. And I'm just so excited to be here with you, Stephanie. Thank you for having me, Blake. The term clarity coach, like what does that, what does that mean? The name clarity coach, I officially am certified as a confidence coach, as a mindfulness coach, and as an acceptance commitment therapy coach, which is a type of cognitive behavioral therapy. And I could not come up with a way to tie it all in. And so one of my clients actually said to me, he said, well, why don't you call yourself a clarity coach? Cause that's what you do for me. You help mm. me to get clear on what I want and need from life. I actually did a program when I was 24 with Johnny Stellato, a coach within the hair world. And specifically, he started with L'Oreal umbrella companies. And as soon as I was done that program, I knew, oh, this is what I want to do because I felt so empowered. What made you pursue like so many different avenues of coaching? I actually had a lot of issues with insecurities myself. I've now learned a term, it's called hyper achiever. And so it was a way of me just um, achieving, achieving, achieving in order to feel worthy. Mm -hmm. And uh, really, I was masking a lot of self-esteem issues by constantly trying to achieve one goal after another, after another. And really, in the end, Blake, it just nothing was ever enough. Mm -hmm. And I had almost like, it's one of those clarity moments, but it also comes with a meltdown, right? Right. And um, I had to make a decision at that point. It was, how, what am I going to do moving forward? And I love personal development. And so I just did a whole lot of courses. Mm -hmm. All of it in the back of my mind was leading toward coaching. However, I was too afraid to take this step. And besides the fact, I'm sure the audience can relate to this. When you have a successful business, which I did behind the chair, it was really hard to think, oh, what am I going to give this up now and do something new? <laughs> yeah. So when the pandemic hit, I had already had a couple certificates under my belt. And that's when I decided to, okay, well, I'm going to use these now. Yeah. You said something about like the hyper, hyper achieving. Like personally, I went on a journey with that where I was just like killing it all the time. And I experienced burnout twice in my life. One time we was coming home after a Redken symposium. This is giant event. Redken puts so much time and effort into it. There are thousands of people that come. And it's like a week of straight work. And then I was slapped onto a red eye to go to Orlando to work another show where I landed, took a nap, and then we started doing hair that same evening. And I got home and I had this crazy just feeling of like, I don't want to do any of this anymore. I don't want to do hair anymore. I don't want to do teaching. Like it, it sucked everything out of me. And I, looking back, I was like, oh, that, that was burnout. <laughs> and I realized achieving everything isn't always necessary to be fulfilled. So when you're working with your clients, like what does your process kind of look like with them? It's always similar because Blake, the thing is, is that there are two main fears that we all have. And that is, that we won't be loved mm -hmm. and that we're not worthy. Mm -hmm. 
And so it all really boils down to what are our unique fears? There's also a saboteur test that I bring people through to see what are your unique saboteurs. I didn't make up that test. It's actually, I think it's positive intelligence. Anybody can go on and find out what their saboteurs are. But with my background, I'm able to, I have the solutions for those saboteurs. Mm. And so you can figure out out of the nine where you are. My only role as a coach, I never tell anybody anything they don't know. Mm. I only uncover your own unique wisdom because in all of us, we all know what we want and need. But a lot of what happens is we have so much mental clutter. Michael Singer was talking about how in our minds, we tend to have so much clutter going on with all of our thoughts and we don't take the time often to clean it out. And so we kind of are going around like a dorm room where we have, you know, pizza boxes and we have all of our socks are everywhere and our shirts are everywhere. And yet we don't take the time, most of us or a lot of us, to actually look and say, okay, I'm going to unclutter this now. Mm-hmm. And there are certain techniques that we can do to, to unclutter or to clean up what's going on inside of ourselves. What would be an example of a saboteur for, for someone if you could give us like one or two and what are like mm-hmm. easy ways to identify it and how can we maybe overcome it? So again, I cannot take credit for these, but they are hyperachiever. Mm-hmm. That would be one. Controller. Another one is pleaser, hypervigilant. Those are the four really of the patterns that I see with a lot of the clients that I'm working with these days. Mm -hmm. There's three modes that we get into. They're called emotional regulation states. And the emotional regulation states are drive mode, there's soothe mode, and then there's threat mode or fear mode. Drive mode would be the mode that a lot of people, it makes them feel good. It's where we are constantly pushing ourselves and getting this reward system from within that is saying, oh, I achieved. Oh, I did it. Like it can be as simple as a to-do list, to be honest with you, Blake, but some of us go Mm. overboard, right? It's like, I got to win this award, that award. When I achieve this, then I will feel this. That's a sentence that goes on inside of the mind of a hyperachiever. A controller, which was my number one, comes from the world of anxiety and it is, I need to do everything myself. And it's, it's really out of a place of feeling fear. So if I don't do it, then it won't get done right. Or if I don't do it, then it won't be the way that I want it. So it's always trying to control the situation around you. And unfortunately, that means manipulating people. It means that, you know, we are manipulating situations, but also causes a lot of anxiety because one thing I look at with my clients is what's in our control. So our circle of influence. And so if we're focusing a lot on what's outside of our control, then all of that energy that we're putting into that is wasted energy and it's making us even more anxious and people pleasing. I think that a lot of us, especially in the beauty industry (laughs) and hairstylists. Yeah. I I wonder if there is a little people pleaser in all of us. And so it's all in different amounts is the key to what makes us all different. They're all there for all of us, but how strong they are differs and what order they're in differs. It's funny because, you know, I think 
when, and I still have this bit of me that I think can be a superpower, which is, you know, wanting to achieve a lot of stuff because it can be really great. But the downside is that you just kind of push yourself into exhaustion. Like when I used that example earlier with coming home from the symposium and being put on a plane to another show, I said yes to both of those contracts. I could have said no, thank you. And I remember getting to a place where I was like, I'm mad at this brand and I'm mad at these clients and I'm mad at whatever. I was like, why are people doing this to me? And I realized, uh, dude, it's on you. Oh, 100%. All I want to do is normalize this stuff. Right. So it's not so much about where did it all come from and we're all broken because no one is broken. We all are beautiful whole beings that just haven't accepted ourselves. My whole goal is by, you know, talking about these things, by bringing them into, you know, front of mind is just to say, hey, this is normal crap. I actually call it poop. So it's perfectionism, overachieving, overthinking, and people pleasing. And then, you know, once we are aware of it, we can move past it. We don't have to know necessarily where it all came from, because right. to be honest with you, Blake, it's a mix of so much. These fears that we have as human beings can be generational. We can't necessarily dig up the past and say, hey, this is why you are like you are. It's just such a combination of everything. But let's look at how that's holding us back and move forward. We've all heard about that athlete or a performing artist who rises through the ranks and achieves something extraordinary in a short amount of time, but ends up burning out just as fast. As coaches, do we want to be the ones that push our rock star over the edge? After the break, how do we cultivate talent that lasts? Your front desk team sets the tone for your guest experience in your salon. Ready, Set, Front Desk is a summit online workshop to help front desk staff build confidence, upgrade their luxury language, and gain consistency as a team. Visit summitsalon.com and click calendar to learn more about this online workshop and many, many more. For an individual who is super resistant to coaching or change, what is your piece of advice that you have for them? Therapy. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> for sure. I think everyone needs um, to be in it. <laughs> no, it's, here's the thing is that the onus is on myself as a coach, us coaches, yourself. Mm-hmm. There's something that needs to be there. It has to be rapport. Rapport has mm-hmm. to be there. And I learned this from actually, again, Johnny Stellato. I learned, um, he talked a lot about coaching with love, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time, to be honest with you, Blake, I didn't have much love in my heart. And I didn't even recognize it. I had a lot of resistance to letting anybody in. Mm. And if I couldn't let anybody in, I couldn't really let the love out. It's Mm. this uh, stiffness, you know, that comes just from emotional pain that we don't want to feel anymore. So maybe we just won't let anybody in. And so I had to let that down and I had to open myself up to emotion. I had to open myself up to loving myself first to trusting people, things like that. But if I can't coach with love, I don't coach. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, and it doesn't have to be love in the traditional sense of the word it's respect. Now that's just me. Everybody's different. You know, uh, Gordon Ramsay, I love MasterChef and I love hell's kitchen and all that, but he has a different way of coaching Mm -hmm. and people respect him for it. And that's fine. But that kind of coaching to me doesn't bring out the best of people. You know, it doesn't bring out the softness in people. And I love seeing that when somebody just softens, Mm -hmm. they soften and they accept 
And because that's the best feelings I've ever had in my journey is when I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I'm going to have to accept that this is where I am right now and it's no longer serving me and I'm going to move forward. The Olympics have just finished by the time this this episode will air. And um, there's this coach that is out of Russia and she is known for turning people into Olympians. Now, when people enter their program, she maybe gets about three years out of them before they burn out. So we have these kids at 17 years old that they're experiencing burnout, but they're Olympians. They got what they wanted. As we know, figure skaters can go on for multiple years, but these kids are bowing out after their first Olympics with this woman because of her program. Now there's a worldwide long line to get into her program, but there's no longevity there. And I think as salon owners, we need to think about what does that look like? Do we have a lot of high achievers that like peace out once they hit a certain level? Or do we have people who, when you look around the room, it's like, wow, that person's been here for five years, 25 years, 15 years. That person's been there since day one. And I'm not saying one is better than the other, but you have to figure out like what's what's best for you. When it comes to confidence, I know that I didn't have that personally when I started in this industry, and it took a long time to... to really show up like, no, this is me, this is who I am. How do we, one, identify confidence issues, and two, how do we overcome that? So confidence has to be an inside job, Mm -hmm. right? I think that many of us as leaders can see if somebody might have a confidence issue because it's one of two things. Either they are in the fight, flight, freeze responses, right? Mm -hmm. They will flight, they will fly away from it. Um, there's also a new one that they talk about called fawn, which is people pleasing. Mm-hmm. So they'll be a people pleaser. They'll be very agreeable. All those things. They almost don't have a voice of their own. And then, of course, there's the fighters. And they're the ones that are constantly like, no, must be my way. I'm going to do it this way. And I think we admire that a lot in our culture. And it can be a great thing. But again, going back to the heart of the matter that we were talking about earlier and with love and things like that. There's a hardness to it that is not necessarily real confidence because confidence, it comes from the word confide, which also means to trust. And when we have confidence, it means we trust ourselves. And that means that we trust ourselves enough to take somebody else's opinion, right? We trust ourselves enough to be able to be in a room with people who don't agree with us all the time. I've met tons and tons of people in the industry, I'm sure you have too, where it's like this false confidence where they're just the loudest person in the room. They are 100% right. And sometimes I just feel bad for for those people because when you get to know them on a deeper level, there are some of the most deeply insecure people I've ever met. And it's sad, honestly. So sometimes when I see these people that are just so loud, so I'm right all the time, I think like, gosh, that must suck to, to have feel the need to operate that way in the world. And actually, Johnny Salotto, obviously a deeply impactful man in so many people's lives, uh, including my own. And he said, and I remember this because I was nervous because I was 23 when I started with Redken. And I said, I'm nervous that these people are going to think that I'm just so young and I do know so much. And he said, your confidence should be like a master ninja. Like you just show up silently and you have nothing to prove. You're just going to teach what you know and the people will listen. 
And once I had that headspace, I showed up so much better as a coworker in my salon, a leader in my salon, um, and definitely showed up better in my, my classes because of it. I also believe part of that is age too, because mm-hmm. I've been on both sides. It's like, I can really feel that push of confidence, that false confidence that you were talking about. I can relate to that. I've been that where mm-hmm. I felt like I had to show up and I had to be loud. Mm-hmm. And I've also felt I have to just be agreeable. But, you know, it's it's never a full upward journey when we do all this, because there are still moments in my life where I find myself falling back into old patterns. And I mean, I've done all this training. I, I train others. You would think that that would be past me. It's not. I have to be very mindful of my intention when I show up places, especially places that have been past triggering for me. So if I've shown up as a person here before and um, people expect me to be a certain way, and now I don't resonate with that person anymore. I don't resonate with that version of Stephanie anymore. Now I have to show up as this Stephanie, you know, the one who's learned and grown from it, but I'm put back into the same situation that I was in. So now I have to be very mindful and I have to have intention and I have to know what my values are in order to be who I want to be right now and who I am right now. So it's a conscious effort. And so when people say confidence, it's not something that you just, I'm going to crown you as confident now. It's an action. It's a choice that we make. Those old patterns are always there. It's just being aware. But what I want to acknowledge here is the fact that we've grown because we've recognized it. There was a time we didn't even know the pattern existed. And now we know the pattern existed. So that's a level of growth. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that level of growth can be a little bit painful too, because now you know better, but you didn't do better. And in that is like, oh, oh, that stings. Like, how did I not not do better? I know better. So it's all of that trying to be easy on yourself. The coaching process can be a little bit difficult in that way. And so it's, it's celebrating ourselves and being easy on ourselves and not adding, there's a term called psychological struggle. And the psychological struggle is when say you're having anxiety or you're having anger in the moment, and then you're angry at yourself for having anxiety or angry (laughs) at yourself for being angry. So now you've like doubled down. When, if we just let it be and acknowledged it and took the learning from it, then we've had just what it was meant to be, that learning. And then it passes like every emotion does. And we get to learn from that and move on. And we get to try better next time. Can we talk about the drama triangle for a second? Yes, um, we can. Okay, good. Okay, because it's something that as a coach for other salon leaders, I love having discussions about because it's so fascinating. So can you just tell us like a bird's eye view of what it is? And then we can dive into that. Okay. So the drama triangle is a three-part system. So, and it's something that we move into and out of, and we can do it in one conversation. So it's roles we play. We play the victim, we play the persecutor, and we play the rescuer. Mm -hmm. And so it's really funny. So the best example I love is like, let's just say we're in a salon and we're walking into the back room and somebody's folding towels or not really folding towels. Maybe they're on their phone and just like, they're not doing it right. Right. So somebody walks in, they're like, oh my God, do you even know how to fold a towel? 
<laughs> you know, maybe they don't say those exact words, but that's what they're thinking and that's what they're portraying, right? Yeah, so they're that's totally feeling the you get. Yeah. Yeah, they're totally the persecutor. And then maybe that person reacts to that and they're like, oh, oh my God. And and then now that person who was the persecutor feels bad and they become the rescuer. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't worry about that. Let me help you with that. And I'm just, I'll take the towels. I'll fold them. I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm expected to do it right. Everybody expects me to fold these towels, right? So now I'm the victim, right? Mm-hmm. So we go through the, the triangle and we play these roles and there are three roles that happen any time that you can think of a situation, whether it be in the salon, whether it be at home with your family and friends, whatever, you can pick out what role somebody's playing in that moment. And we will actually switch. We'll keep switching back and forth between them until something gets resolved or somebody gets sick of it or somebody just is like, okay, fine, you're right. A lot of the time I, I've realized anytime that I've fallen into the persecutor or I've witnessed it happening, um, we think we're the rescuer in the situation. Like we think that we're helping them by telling them what needs to be told. I'm just honest. I'm just straightforward. And in reality, you're probably ruining someone's afternoon. <laughs> well, here's the thing is that the persecutor is somebody who they tend to be the bully, mm-hmm. but it comes from a place of righteousness. Like yeah. I know best. And it's totally. part of... Um, there's a hierarchy that we all play and everybody wants to be at the top of the food chain. Um, But some of us have resigned to be at the lower end. Like that would be the victim. I'm just, you know what? I'm okay with being at the lower end and the victim never has to be accountable for anything. Mm -hmm. Right. So they get the joy of kind of leaning back. They attract rescuers. They don't have to be responsible for their own life. But unfortunately what happens there is they're not empowered. Right. And then the rescuer gets gets their kicks off of being the one who saves everybody. Mm-hmm. But it also is kind of like the persecutor in the way that they know best. Mm-hmm. Right. I actually find so far because this is a kind of new journey for me. Like I said, I've been coaching since 2020. I really haven't had a, you know years of experience. Mm-hmm. However, what I've noticed is a lot of salon leaders tend to be the rescuer most mm-hmm. often. And what they're doing is they're really, unfortunately, they're creating a lot of victims. So now they are also complaining, oh, I have to do everything, Mm -hmm. you know, or nobody does it to my standards. And it's like, I understand. And that is hard. However, what have you done to perpetuate this? And it's well-meaning, but is it serving you moving forward? Yeah. Well, in in a situation where I'll use myself as an example. I find myself in the rescuer position a ton of the time. And what you end up doing is you end up um, babying the victim in the situation. And then sometimes they can even get mad at you for that because they didn't really want help in the situation. And then the persecutor also gets pissed off at you because you are causing more drama in in that situation by like being like, don't hurt them. Don't do that. Don't speak to them that way. As a, a chronic person who just wants to help all the time I know my intentions are pure a lot of the time because I just really want to help people but people have to give you permission to help them in those situations so it's just anytime I see something going on I'm like do you want help no good okay I'm done and it's like not my problem anymore but it took a good decade to to get there (laughs) yeah and I I commend you because I don't even know if I'm there yet like I catch myself all of the time being all Mother Teresa-y. Totally, you know? yeah. 
and again, I recognize when I sit back and I debrief my day, because at the end of my day, this is a tip I can leave for the audience. One way that I've really, uh, I guess, expanded my growth or, or had it come a little quicker is when I started journaling. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of my day, I debrief my day and the questions may look different depending on what my intention is and what I'm quote unquote working on. Mm-hmm. And so I will journal at the end of my day on what worked, what didn't work, like the classic debriefing questions. What would I change? And those things really help me to get clarity. It also helps to take the emotion out of it. So if you're on a personal journey and you are in that mode that we were talking about earlier where, you know, oh, I know I'm stuck in the drama triangle and I'm mad at myself because I can't believe I went back there. I know better. Why didn't I do better? Um, A real debriefing at the end of your day can help take the sting out of it because it just gives you clarity. Awesome. This conversation's been amazing. I am so stoked. We're going to have to have you back to do more of this conversation because this is so, so major. Um, where can people get in touch with you if they wanted some clarity coaching? So they can visit my website, which is wavesociety.ca, good old Canada. Yeah. And they can um, actually write me directly from there. It'll go directly to my email. They can have a peruse through. I'm actually going to be working on the website soon. Mm -hmm. So if that happens to be down for the listener, then they can contact me directly through Instagram, which is at Stephanie Clarity Coach. Awesome. And anybody who's listening to this within the year of 2022, if you actually say that you heard this on the summit up, I will give anybody 20% off coaching as well. Amazing. Oh, that's awesome to hear. I want to recognize you for everything that you're giving to this industry. The content you're putting out is is amazing. And I think that the world is a better place because of people like you um, and the work that you're doing because you're helping people become more confident and get more clear. And I think the more humans we have operating that way, um, the stronger the world is going to be. That means so much. Thank you. So with that, um, what is happiness to you? Happiness means to me being content. So it's content with who I am, where I am, what's happening. It's just so simple. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time, Stephanie. It was an honor to have you on here. And everyone give Stephanie a follow because there's just amazing content that's coming out of her social channels. So uh, thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Blake. It was a pleasure. Now, in my introduction, I mentioned that Stephanie has her own awesome podcast. That podcast is called Let Your Woo Woo Show. And on it, she interviews all kinds of fascinating people on topics from weird science to everyday miracles. You can find Stephanie's podcast wherever you're listening to the show. I want to repeat Stephanie's generous offer for our listeners. That's you. Mention that you heard about Stephanie Russell here on Sum It Up for 20% off coaching. And Stephanie's coaching website again is wavesociety.ca. This offer is good through December 2022. And of course, you can find links to Stephanie's podcast and website in the show notes. 
Before we wrap up, I just want to make a distinction here between coaching and therapy. When Stephanie coaches, she incorporates principles and techniques from the mental health field, like cognitive, behavioral therapy, and mindfulness. Her objective is to help her clients achieve their goals and feel fulfilled. And the kind of coaching that I provide through Summit and that other Summit coaches provide is focused on the professional side of our clients' lives. But friend, you also might want to work with a therapist to heal from trauma or to process emotions for all sorts of reasons, and that's totally okay too. I know we joked about therapy in our conversation today, but I really do think it is extremely, extremely important. If you're looking for counseling for mental health or substance abuse issue, and you live in the United States, you can call 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-HELP. Or visit findtreatment.samhsa.gov or contact your primary care provider. Now, if you're listening in Canada, you can search for mental health resources on the website of the province where you live. Summit Up is produced by Andrea Moraskin. Our executive editor is Tim Fisk. And if you gained something from this episode, please take a second to share this with someone and pass on the learning. We would be honored if you took a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more people. And if you listen on Spotify, you can give us a rating there too. And we would love your feedback on the show. Now you can always DM me on Instagram. I'm at Blake Reed Evans. Or you can shoot me an email at bevans at summitsalon.com. Now, if you're looking for more opportunities to grow and connect with Summit Salon Business Center, visit us at summitsalon.com. Join our Facebook group, Summit Salon Community, or follow us on Instagram at Summit Salon. Be well and talk soon. Thank you so much for listening.